Welcome to Moving the Rock. Whether sales is all you do or only part of what you do, the strategies and tactics of success can often feel split between two realities. You can become someone you're not to earn the recognition and praise of people you don't respect, or you can try to figure it out on your own, knowing you'll underperform your potential. We're here to offer a third way. The idea that you can't have success without compromise is just wrong. You don't have to compromise to win in the long term. You can play the game in such a way that you win in the short term and the long term. Through our hard lessons learned, we can shift your way of thinking and create a better way. I'm Chris, founder of SightShift. And I'm James, founder of Florist Group. If you're tired of the status quo, we're here to help you move the rock on your career, your business, and your life. Welcome. All right, Chris, here we are again, man. I'm excited for today's topic. We're here. Wait, what? Are you already recording? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm excited too, man. Anytime that we can help people advance and accelerate their awareness, dude, that's, yeah. I don't need work life balance for that. Like, yeah. that's like, do that all day long, fire pit all day night. Okay. Yeah, around the carpet all night. <laughs> and the good deal is you're, you're back from vacay. We just got back from Father's Day. Um, a lot of things that energize us. And and now we're getting into a real cool topic. Uh, topic number five in our series. Why don't you kick us off? Yeah, well, you know, one of the things we've emphasized, we'll say it again, these lessons are connected, but you don't have to listen to them to listen to one standalone because it is a journey. So you can get the deep impact value by being here today. But we're connecting it to last session, this idea of you're preparing, you're practicing. As you prepare and you practice, you're shifting into this state as a leader where you learn to be poised, to be ready for every moment. Um, and there's there's such a false understanding that leadership, great leadership, great leadership in sales is about you know seizing that opportunity, pouncing on that moment. And that is a part of it. But it's also being poised when you get punched in the face, when the boat rocks, as it inevitably will. All boats rock. All operations have things happening behind the scenes that need improvement. Um, how can you as a leader create an awareness within yourself so you know where you are at all times? You're poised. You're ready. You've got this grasp of your situation. And so really excited to walk through this template and framework to help people know in a moment's notice, this is where I'm at. And, and sales is a game of probability. So that means it's perfect synchronicity with this concept, right? We're going to have good days, bad days, good conversations, bad conversations. We're going to have conversations where we have no idea where we stand. We have no idea if it's going to be good or bad. And, you know, it's going to be our emotional state that creates the stress for us <laughs> creates mm. the barrier for us to kind of get past where we are and get back into that flow. Uh, so that I'm really looking forward to this uh, conversation. And one of the things for me that's so huge that I think we forget is, you know, there's this idea that you're as good as your last win. You know, you're as, and when you understand at any given moment in your life, you always have things that are happening both positive and challenging for your growth, then you don't get swept away in the winds where you lose yourself and you lose the vigilance and and you lose the, the appreciation for the hard decisions that got you here. But you also don't get crushed in the loss because you see this is a continual evolving picture. 
And uh, I'm going to get a good night's sleep and I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I'm going to be ready to rock and go rock and roll. So, yeah, as we introduce this template or framework, what I want to emphasize is it's not about the fact that you're in one of these at one time. All four of these are present in your life at any given moment. And you can think about it like just a pie chart. Okay, so just imagine a pie chart. All you're paying attention to is what goes in each of these pieces. So one of these categories we're going to give you might be 3% of your experience right now. Another category might be 72%, you know, so don't expect you're going to only be in one. All four of these are going to help you in a moment's notice. Now as a side benefit, especially for sales leaders uh, and, and those that are impacting others and connecting with others, here's something that's been a wild benefit that we found of this template or framework, Jimmy, and it's going to be really cool to point this out. If you practice this and do this with yourself, you'll never be at a loss for how to make a deep connection with someone because you'll always have something substantive to share just a little bit that could provoke a good conversation that you then get to start asking the other participant questions, the the person you're meeting at the cocktail party, the person that you're meeting at the networking event, whatever that looks like, you're going to be able to actually spark conversations in a very effective way without being too manipulative. So let's get in it, man. Well, well if I may, Chris, just one sec, just to, just to draw the connection back to um, sales and sales leadership. Uh, we're talking, this, this series is really talking about leaders who, who lead other leaders, but what we're always looking to do as a leader is model behavior. Right. And what I think is cool about what you just said is I can teach somebody without teaching, without proactively or directly teaching them just by modeling the behavior I want them to adapt and adopt and doing it consistently. And we can do the same thing when we're selling. So I love what you just said, because I'm interpreting that as I can leverage this, these four questions to actually even maybe influence my discovery questions and do it in a sincere way. Yes. Right. As I'm talking to a client to kind of understand where the connection is, because I, I want the same thing if I'm leading a team of individual contributors. I want the same thing if I'm leading a team of leaders. You know, the, it's, it's about sincerely understanding where they are. How do I meet you where you are? And how do I get you where you want to go? To me, that's the essence of being an effective leader. I love it. I mean, I, I've, I have used this and other people have used it in mentoring relationships, uh, I have used this in starting entrepreneur groups where we all get together and then give this quick update. I've used this in deepening friendships. Like, Hey, we're it's somebody that I'm close to. We're meeting an hour every month, every week, whatever that looks like in different rhythms. And they're going to come to the chat and I'm going to come to the chat and they're already going to have these four categories in mind. Uh, so yeah, when you're talking about these, these sales leaders who are leading others in sales, you can use this in, in one-to-one connections with them. And the powerful part of the, the framework of the, the, the template, you don't have to have deep awareness to apply it. You don't have to have full insight on an issue. It's, it's a felt reality that you're experiencing. And just by expressing it, uh, very often, not only does it deepen connection, you'll coach yourself into clarity just by talking through it. So yeah, let's jump in. It's four categories. And as we walk through these four categories, we're going to, we're going to give you examples of them and color it out, but we're also going to not, not going to make it more complicated than it has to be. It's simple, it's straightforward, and it's effective. So here it is. Four categories to help you stay poised, situationally aware, 
and ready to hold in your head at all times. Here it is. Winning, losing, stuck, inspired. If we could make it more complicated, we would. No, we wouldn't want to do that to you. Uh, it doesn't have to be complicated. It's four categories, winning, losing, stuck, inspired. So at all times within myself, I'm holding an awareness, and you can apply this in sales, in personal life, professional life, whatever, these four categories. Where right now, and then this is key, do I feel that I'm winning? We want you to think about it from this verb feel first, because if you if if you try to get beyond feeling too quickly, what happens is you're trying to then to analyze it. And it's, at the beginning point of this, a lot of high performing leaders shut themselves off from their best intuitive insights because they jump into analysis before they really feel it. So that's why we emphasize the verb feel. So we're starting first with winning. Where are we winning? Now, you know, as we've talked about in sharing different personal stories and even personal moments of challenge and success and setback, uh, we could refer back to so many different podcast episodes where we've shared things, right? Even us doing this episode here, doing this podcast, doing this uh, format. In a sense, Jimmy, we're winning. We've made a commitment to each other to show up, make this show happen. Feels like a win to be here, to ship another episode. Um, You know, when you think about what we were like two years ago, did you even have a video set up at all (laughs) pre-COVID? No. Other than your web web camera on your MacBook? No, it was something we we built together. Yeah, it was uh, fantastic. I still remember being that, feeling like that pioneer. Uh, Yeah you know, in our peer group, for sure. Yeah. The challenge and the frustration and the joy. <laughs> yeah. And, the, and, the, uh, and yeah. And what you feel like is a lot of that wasted time. And I, I think the thing that's resonating for me is that, uh, as a human being, right. I, and somebody, okay. Salespeople. I mean, we, what, a lot of what drives us is our ambition, right. And wherever that, wherever the why is behind that ambition, we have that ambition, but we're human beings as well. And, and, uh, we're not always on, right. I know that in pros, no matter what you're going through, right. You're going to show up and deliver your best on every commitment that you make professionally. And I don't care if you're a salesperson, an athlete, a musician, an artist, uh, anyone, um, who's a pro will do that. They're not going to wilt, right. Just because they don't feel like doing something or in the moment, but when you're back at your office or back at home and it's that time you've got to reflect, what's really helpful for me is to be thinking about it's okay to understand that you're, you're in all four of these at the same time. Yeah. And I cannot tell you how important that is for me has been for me just because, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter which one is dominant for me right now, which is driving kind of how I emotionally feel or, or uh, up, approach the world or want to approach the world. Um, what's important to know is it's just, the, that's just the one that's dominant, but there, but every one of these is in play all the time. It gives me a sense of comfort, right? I'm not just, I'm not bouncing between different realities. I'm always, I always have a foot in each of these realities it's really just kind of being aware of which one is dominating you right now so that you can 
kind of, if it's something you don't want to have dominate, like this feeling of losing, you can reflect on, you know, where you're stuck, where you're winning, where you're inspired. And that's going to pull you out of that. For me anyway, it pulls me out of that malaise, that negative kind of mindset. Absolutely. Uh, So the way I think about it is two extremes. Uh, I'm, I'm swept away or I'm suffering. And so without the situational awareness, I'm over-identifying with where I'm stuck or losing, I'm suffering. I'm over-identifying mm-hmm. with where I'm winning or inspired. I'm swept away in the moment. You know, I can remember closing deals and getting aware that I'm coming home and there's a ton of cash and I could be too full of myself and bring energy into the house that is overly exuberant. Uh, or I could come in because I've lost and felt some pain or felt stuck and then I'm suffering because I'm over-identifying with that experience. And what it does for me, it doesn't rob me of the emotional joy of the win, nor of the refining pain of the loss. It just keeps it from being the dominating experience. I'm not, I'm not over-identifying with just the one. I'm maintaining this composite view. And that's a great, that's a great, that's a great way to think about balance. Because oftentimes I feel about, I feel balance is as simple as good or bad, you know, a foot in one of two places, but this gives me now four things. So it gives me a little bit more of a sophisticated view of who I am, what I'm facing and, um, you know, how, how to reflect on what I'm feeling and then and get myself into a really positive place. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's the thing. It's like, that's why losing is second. I, I usually encourage people to go winning first, losing second, because you get that momentum from sharing the win, but then you're embracing the reality of that loss. And if you don't have anything in the category of loss, you don't have any learning that's happening. Uh, so if we could only exist in winning and inspired, there's no learning, there's no development, there's no growth. And so where do I feel like I'm losing right now? Where's something that is, you know, challenging my best mindset. Where is it really hard? And, and it's like, yeah, you know, stuck would be an improvement. Uh, it's something is actively pulling this back or coming against me or dragging this into a place that I don't want it to go. And, you know, having done this now for probably a decade, um, I've found that there are sometimes there's not as much in the losing. And then there are some seasons in my life where there's a lot more in the losing. And when you walk through this enough with relationships and with people and you're, you're taking a long form view on impacting them, mentoring them, a sales leader is going to lead a team for a long time into the highest level of performance. That's really powerful because then you don't have this thing in your head that says, ah, the update I'm giving them today is like 30% losing. That sucks. I suck to be around. And you start faking it because you think you're drawing energy. No, we've made this journey together. This is where you are and this is what's happening and I'm with you in it. Um, So yeah, right on, right on. So when we talk about losing, we're talking about a category that a lot of people don't want to acknowledge. And we kind of, you know, hinted to this already. If you can't acknowledge the the losses, where's the learning going to come from? You know, what for you would you look back and say, uh, over the last few years, shifting approach and strategy, just to maybe connect with those that are listening. Where's a place for you that you feel like you've lost? I can go first if you want me to. And what learning came out of it? Hey, well, in a sales context, um, if you're not losing every week, um, then you're not busy. It's like, <laughs> you know, 
your pipeline isn't big enough, right? It's like a, a batter at, at, up at bat, right? A great, great batting average is going to be less than 300% or mm-hmm. 300 out of a thousand. So, you know, so um, I think, I think your point is great. Losing can, can, when it's, when it's focused on by a leader and it, and it, and you allow a, as a leader and you allow that to define the people that you are leading, it's a dehumanizing, it has a dehumanizing effect mm. and it may be motivating, but it's dehumanizing and it creates dysfunction and you're going to end up losing your best people or your future best people by focusing on that. So I respect that. And I give myself that same respect. And so, you know, back to this idea of balance. Yeah, man, I lose at something almost every day. Yeah. Uh, but it's helpful to know that uh, I'm also winning and that forces me to go beyond, as I said before, that emotional connection to that loss that could just ruin my day or ruin my week. But yeah, if you think about losing in, in that context, any kind of deal that I may have lost, um, any kind of deal where any kind of conversation that I had where I thought I had agreement and then the person or the people I spoke with after the call had a conversation and some some idea that we didn't discuss infected them and it come back and and they changed the mind, changed their direction. You know, something happens. And so in sales, it's so much about having control over the things you control and recognizing that when you had yet that that great news yesterday or the day before. And then today it's turned bad. It's like, ah, it can get, it can become a real bummer if you let it, if you, you know, allow yourself to be overly influenced by it. But those are just some, you know, examples that come to mind. Dude, I love that. I was thinking big stuff. You take it right to the street, uh, the daily activity, which is so true. I mean, it's like, and and that's a reminder too. These categories can be big, like quarterly stuff happening in your life in the season of a year, but they can also be micro daily. You know, I can have an exchange with my daughter that I would put in the losing category because, you know, I, I brought a little pressure or something or I got a response from her that let me know my approach wasn't wasn't right. Or I reflect on a meeting and I and I think, man, I kind of glossed over that point. And I didn't really draw out and lead well there, whatever that is. And and then you have these bigger ones where it's, you know, I feel like in, in 2020, I really had this loss happen and then I shifted and I started winning because I addressed it. I accepted it. I acknowledged it and saw it as learning. So, you know, that's a really powerful uh, point of application that we want to make sure people take away. These categories can help you understand the big movements of your life. What does it look like winning, losing, stuck, inspired at a quarterly or annual or multi-year view and also the daily rhythm. So as we talk about losing, the key piece here is you shift to the next category, stuck, is to help people understand the difference. Um, and you, you don't have to be like uh, uh, the semantic police over this, but I've just found in developing this and, and working with people over the years and having conversations, there needs to be a category for these things that don't feel like a loss yet. You, you sense it's not going like it's what you want it to, or you really know for sure that it isn't 
Um, but it's not really like having this negative drag pull you back effect. It's just not all it could be, or it's not fixed. And so we use that term stuck. Now, paradoxically, just like, you know, acknowledging the winning and the losing has this cognitive effect. So does acknowledging something is stuck because the minute you admit you're stuck somewhere, guess what? You've taken the first step on not being stuck, (laughs) you know, and, and, if, if you're out there and you're leading, you know it takes a ton of courage to lead and a ton of tenacity and resilience and leaning in. And we need to get all the emotional fuel and all the momentum we can. And so for me, when I have a problem that I'm stuck on and I go, okay, it's a problem. And I see that it's a problem. Wow. Good job, Chris. You already see it's a problem and you accept that. That's step one. We're going to get where we need to get just by taking that first step. You know, We've got other steps to take after that. I'm stuck here. I'm stuck here. Now, Jimmy, can I tell you something crazy? A couple of days ago, maybe four or five days ago, um, one of my daughters was processing something while we are on vacation. And um, I actually, she doesn't listen to this podcast, so I can say it. Uh, <laughs> got a little annoyed. I'm like, I'm on vacation. Don't bring your problem vibes up in my zone. I'm out. I think at the time, you know, the fifth time she had brought it up and she's just externally processing this concern. At that time, I'm laying on a raft in a pool, looking at palm trees, you know, and and I started to get a little irritated. And then she said this because she was trying to work it out in her head and it was about a job move. She goes, I'm stuck. And I almost rolled off the raft. Now, I didn't say anything, but on the inside, I felt it. I was like, man, that's powerful. She has already categorized that and, and acknowledged it. You know how advanced that is how many adults do that um and she's already down the path of fixing it right just by acknowledging that so where are those things that you're you're working at it it's not turning around you're not figuring it out and and you're going there's got to be a better way um we we all get stuck it's normal yeah I mean, when I think about uh, being stuck, I think about, um, I, uh, I've commented on this before, um, but man, one of the worst things is a losing streak. Mm. <laughs> no, man, it's like, and you can feel, you can feel like, like you can just feel bewildered. What do I have to do to get out of this? Mm. And if somebody came to you and said, I'm in a losing streak, what am I going to do to get out of this? You'd, you'd say to them. Don't sweat it, man. Just keep, keep doing the basics. Eventually it'll happen for you. And, and I just wonder, <laughs> I'm always interested in why that doesn't work on me when I do it to when I say it to myself, right? Um, all those doubts and things. So I think for me, being stuck is really about being confused, um, not understanding that path. And then yeah. of course, as a leader, if I can identify or help my team identify where they're stuck, man, the faster I can help them deal with that, uh, either by just being a, a couple of ears to listen to, or if I can actually help them proactively, man, it's going to make a world of difference for my team. Yeah. I appreciate you saying that. It actually brought to mind a memory that I, I forget about. Do you remember the movie, The Pursuit of Happiness with Will Smith? Sure. Of course, sure. based on a book, True Story. Uh, so there's the one scene in the moment where they need a place to stay. They've been kicked out of the hotel and they literally sleep in a subway bathroom. And he's just like got his foot up against the door while they're sleeping. And um, I mean, when I saw that, I felt like it had 
it literally impaled me, <laughs> ripped my guts out and just left them laying on the floor. Because at the time in my story, we were, you know, we had hit bottom and there was nothing there and there's no net, no safety net, nothing to catch us. Um, and I'm trying to piece all this together and figure all this out. And man, the pressure was so intense. But at the time on my laptop, I put as the desktop screen that scene. Because, you know, probably 60 to 70% of my daily reality was in the losing and stuck categories. It was hard, man. It was hard. And now I can have something that pops in the losing category and it's like 10%. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> and there's nothing anywhere near that. So uh, that's a, a trip down memory lane for me. Thank you. Thank you. I, I'm wondering, Chris, though, you know, um, you know, for so many salespeople, winning uh, is core to our identity or what we think is our identity, right? So we're, we are winners when we're winning. We are losers when we're, when we're losing. Um, how does, how does somebody, once they recognize how they're feeling, um, how do they avoid, you know, allowing it to, um, define who they are? Yeah. Um, I will give you the, the two minute, uh, reply and you can let me know if you want me to expand it a little bit more and, and, and maybe we'll do another episode. Um, we, we construct and very often in sales leadership, in fact, I think every sales leader I've ever coached or um, every person in sales tends to have just one of a few key struggles. They construct uh, how they feel about themselves based on their performance, whether they win or they lose. Um, they, they seek more than anything else to win, to keep power so they can't be... Uh, taken advantage of in any kind of way, or they, they seek to achieve through sales to show they've got what it takes. I told you I could do this. Um, and, and you might feel like you're all three of those when you listen to this, uh, but one tends to be dominant. And so first off, you just recognize this, that who you are is more than your wins or your losses. It's more than any kind of power you would achieve or accumulate and you do not have to be driven by this insecurity to convince people that you can do this each of those three concerns or fears will get you performing and moving but at some point you will lose your edge because that fear will have this drag coefficient on your brain and it, and you'll lose your sharpness so first just Notice the insecurity, what's driving you. Second, do a mental experiment. Flip it. What if the opposite's true? Just try that on. Just try it on. What if the opposite's true? What if I get to feel a certain way about myself, whether I win or lose, and then I go play to win out of joy? What if the opposite is true? It's not about the power I accumulate, but how much I empower those around me. Because power isn't something I have to collect. It's something that I let flow through me. And, and what if it's not about how capable I can show myself to be, how much I can prove that I can do this? What if instead I start teaching to other people what I know, whatever little bit or lot bit it is? 
And then, so what happens is the insecurity begins to be a place where things flow through you. So that's a, a precise, but simple answer on how that may show up. Yeah. And that insecurity, people that look at or believe that fear is fuel um, or that, or that um, when insecurities are being, are manipulated uh, to create drive or to create fuel, um, it also comes with a ton of friction. So it's not, it, it may give you a short-term boost, not something to build a career on, not something to build a relationship on for sure. And it seems to me that based on your based on your explanation, um, if I was practicing, if I, if I could get to back to center, right. If I'm feeling insecure and I can just look at where I'm winning, losing, um, inspired, stuck and inspired. If I can just look at that balance and I can recognize that I'm, whether I feel that way or not, I'm always in balance that maybe I can kind of get back to that center state and then also more authentically engage with customers, right? Instead of engaging with a customer out of fear, I mean, how much less productive would I, will I be than if I'm engaging a client from a position of authenticity, you know, some combination of all these things, but, you know, focused on them in flow. And as you said, looking to give, right. As much as I expect to receive. Right on, right on. And, you know, uh, for me anyway, uh, over and over and over and over again, I've learned, I don't beat myself up when I lose center. We all lose center. Instead, it's like, Hey, you lost center opportunity here to train yourself and get back to center and you don't force it. You relax with it and you, you go through these transformations. I'm not defined by how much I win or lose or whether I'm stuck. Instead, I have an identity apart from what I do and I keep advancing and developing myself. And so then all of life becomes a training opportunity. Everything that's happening to me starts to become something that happens in me, through me, and then for me. And as we have this mindset, it's really fun to hit this fourth category because this is where we talk about inspired. So I haven't yet translated this into winning, but I'm inspired to improve it. I'm inspired to learn it. I'm inspired to activate it. I'm inspired to try it. I'm, I'm, I have a category now in my mind and heart for where are the things that I'm I've got a sense of curiosity or wonder or awe, or I want to cultivate that more in these, you know, places I'm applying it. So at any given point, what I'm holding in my heart and mind, just to and give the points of application again for those how they would apply it, I have this situational awareness. Like without preparing, I could say, here's where I'm winning right now, here's where I'm losing, here's where I'm stuck, here's where I'm inspired. Well, if I have that situational awareness within myself. I can do, like I said earlier, I can immediately make connection with others. I can share a little bit. I can see what it sparks in them and start asking them questions about theirs. I can model this like you emphasize to the people that are on my team. I can give them this of me when I connect with them in one-on-ones and train them how to be able to develop the situational awareness and segment their lives and look at these components. Um, and I can stay connected to their world. I know what they're concerned about personally or professionally, so I can serve them better. 
especially for sales leaders to be able to do that, how powerful it is with their team. Um, and so practice it, you know, find one person. If we could give you the, like a killer practical takeaway, find one person you will meet with once a week, once a month at, at the least, and give this update. You will train your mind to start seeing all four at all times. Yeah. So when we, um, when we talk about, um, coaching, right. So teaching managers how to coach, we know that, um, when you have all the requisites, like a consistent training activity, when you have a reliable sales process, um, all that's left is the reinforcement and the accountability uh, that comes from coaching. Mm. Uh, so just like you use this for coaching leaders, I would, assume, I would assume, Chris, this would be a fantastic tool for any leader or manager uh, who wants to more effectively uh, coach their team. Um, and I'm bringing this up not because uh, I'm bringing this up because most of the time we talk about sales coaching, it's really around the technical aspects of how to sell. But if you don't, as a coach, um, also look at the whole person that you're dealing with. You're not going to fully earn the respect of your team. And if you don't have the respect of your team, you're not going to be able to coach them effectively. If you don't have the trust of your team, you won't be able to coach them effectively. And if you don't, you can't have either of those two things if you don't fully understand your team. Uh, so it seems to me, Chris, this would be a great counterbalance to all the technical coaching that is done by sales leaders just to really allow space for the human, the human being that's there that also needs to have that outlet. So in that context, why wouldn't I, as my team leader, want to be that person who my team can talk to on a weekly or monthly basis to kind of explore these characteristics of themselves and, you know, refresh them, get, find the balance and get out, out of the, out of the street, you know, in an authentic way, ready to take on the world. Dude, right on. I'm going to come out of my skin on this for two points that are coming up over and over and over and over. Uh, one is this technical conversation is important, but without the connection and the caring, people will still leave. I, I, sometime this week, McKinsey, Harvard Business Review, one of these places, it was just like producing all the stats on where there's a manager connected to the team member employee, there's a technical conversations happening, and then they're still surprised that they leave. Why? Because there was no context for caring. And if you spend five minutes winning, losing, stuck, inspired, you're going to stay connected and you're going to care for them and they're going to feel cared for. And the second thing is it takes the pressure off, you know, conversations where it's, it's like when we were teenagers, and we had all those funky, crazy, wild feelings happening all over the place. We didn't always know why we felt that. And if we parent with wisdom, and you and I have both parented kids through adolescence, um, we, don't, we don't pressure them to always know their feelings and why they're there because they don't always know. And guess what? Adults are the freaking same. And, and so what's happening is sometimes these conversations get too complex and you got to know what you feel and why you feel it. Well, when I can just tell you winning, losing, stuck, inspired, I don't have to judge it. I don't have to filter it. And it doesn't have to be so 
technically aware. So yeah, the technical is important, but by having this piece, it offsets what would be missing. Right on. Super cool. Go, go do it, people. Find somebody to meet with. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for listening. If you've learned something or were inspired to try something new, please rate the podcast and share this episode with someone you know. If you'd like to learn more, visit and connect with me, James, at floristgroup.com, F-L-O-R-I-S-S group.com. And if you want to connect with me, Chris, check out SightShift, S-I-G-H-T, shift.com. Peace.